What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Ubuntu Nutrition Podcast. Today, I have for episodes number 24 and 25, Leah Heaton from Halo Nutrition. She hails from Ireland and is a very well-respected performance nutritionist and lifestyle coach. An absolute abundance of information and lessons here for you guys. That's why I made it into two episodes. Listen to it twice. I promise you'll love it. So sit back, relax, and listen up. What is going on with you guys? I'm getting a little bit of an American twang from being over here so long. No, I'm just joking. Well, actually I am, for sure. Just even things like saying the word dude and yo in normal conversation, that sometimes can creep in just when you're around American people. But it's great. It's great. It's being able to kind of like adapt to the different languages or the different uh, dialects. Anyway, today I have Leah Heaton on the podcast. And the reason I made it into two episodes, I know I've been doing that uh, for a couple of guests. And it is because sometimes the conversations are so interesting, we just keep going. And it's, you know, I'm so glad that these guests are willing to kind of go over the time we agreed upon because they're all busy. They're all usually entrepreneurs are working for, you know, a company and probably have a lot of work to get back to. But I'm always thankful that they they're happy to just go on. But basically, my podcast works like this. A couple of days out from the actual session, I'll send an email and most podcast hosts will do this. I'll send an email to the guest with a list of not exact questions, but kind of areas I want to hit on. You know, it should be kind of organic where you're, it's conversational. And I hope that my podcast gives that off, but there are some region or areas that I definitely want to dive into and it's, you know, it can be useful to have that planned out or strategized. So I sent that to Leah way later than I promised. <laughs> I think it was the night before the podcast, but you know, Leah will be diving into a question and in her response, I'd be like, ooh, okay, that's interesting. And then I'd ask her a follow-up question and a follow-up question and I'd keep going like that. And then at one point I was like, oh my God, I haven't even got to most of the questions and it's probably one whole episode in here. So I just said, is, there, is it all right if we stop it here and then we'll just do episode two? She's like, yeah, no worries at all. So huge amount of information here for you guys, I promise. It's wide ranging, but everyone can definitely take some some useful tidbits away. First, we dive into some of the courses that Leah has done and her path to becoming not only a nutrition coach, but also a, a lifestyle life coach, right? Not a lifestyle life coach, a lifestyle or life coach, whatever you prefer. And how she uses both of those domains and she combines them synergistically. Ooh, do you like that word? to provide a you know a more compassionate i don't know approachable less daunting service to her clients and it's i suppose directed at all those people that struggle with not only the not knowing what to eat side of things but also the behavioral aspect and i i can tell you that there's a large majority of people that struggle with their nutrition or their weight or their habits that most of it is coming from 
the behavioral side rather than just simply not knowing what to eat. There's a famous quote where they say, I can't remember who says it, but it's most people know what they should eat. So why aren't they doing it? And that comes down to behavior, environment, and other environmental factors, right? So then we move on to some very, very interesting areas. And one of them is practicing mindfulness around weighing yourself or the weighing scales, which is a source of a lot of anxiety and fear for some individuals, for a lot of individuals. So rather than not weighing yourself, weighing yourself all the time, Leah highlights a very interesting take, a different perspective of practicing mindfulness around it and just improving your knowledge around what that number on the scale can mean and how it can be affected by non-weight related, as in that number can be highly subject to other factors outside of simply you gained weight or you didn't lose weight. And then we move on to the idea of the perfect diet and why that is something that really doesn't exist, yet it's something that's looked up to by a lot of people. You know, no diet in absolution, when looked at in absolution, is perfect for everyone. You have to take into account your environment, right? Your age, your activity levels, whether you play sport or not, what financial means you have. These are only some of the, the factors, right, that can lead to you having to adapt the perfect diet, quote unquote. And so Leah just kind of highlights some of these. And, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of other little areas we go into. Finding a bit bigger reason for weight loss, um, to increase your, your adherence to your diet or your habits. You know, if you're looking to just lose weight just because you want to fit into a smaller dress or, you know, you want to look good topless for the guys, <laughs> it's you're not gonna have as great a motivation as if you're doing it for something more serious like, you know, I wanna be around for my kids. And that's an example that Leah gives. You need to find a bigger reason, right? And Precision Nutrition is a great course. Leah did it herself. They have this idea of the seven whys where ask yourself why I wanna lose weight. Okay, you give your reason. I wanna fit better into, you know, that dress. Then ask yourself, why do you want to fit better into that dress? Um, because I have a bachelorette party that I want to look great at, or I'm going to a wedding I want to look great at. Why do you want to look great at that wedding? And there, there'll be reasons, and you can follow that all the way down along. And I've done it myself, and it it's a it's an eye opener for sure. But yeah, so these are all areas we hit into, and Leah has given me a bunch of links for you guys, which I've put into the show notes, which I am. Um, aren't show notes they're just in the 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 bio of this right the description so if you just scroll down or scroll up and show notes will be coming soon i promise but yeah that is pretty much it i hope you guys enjoyed this session i really enjoyed it we had a good few laughs and yeah it was excellent so without further ado leah heaton We are recording. So welcome everyone. I have Leah on the podcast today, who is a performance nutritionist and lifestyle coach. Practiced that a few times. So welcome. Thanks, Patrick. 
It's great to have you on. Um, Leah has been doing a lot in the on social media on her own channel, Haleo Nutrition. Actually, how do you pronounce that? Is it? Oh, it's Haleo? the best question ever. It's, I'm always getting asked that, and I'm like, oh, well, I just go with what everyone says. I'll just try to correct them every single time. So it's it's actually Haleo. Um, Haleo. Yeah, okay. Haley, but I can, I'll go with Halo if that's easier for you, so whatever you want. <laughs> well, I was, re I was looking at it and I was like, are you doing the, the Irish hello? Or it's like, hello. Like, I, that's at one point I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everybody thinks it's like, you know, like Halo, like or Halo. But, uh, so so what is Halo? Yeah, so it's Leah spelled backwards, which you owe on the end, right? Um, do you want the whole backstory? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the whole thing. So it was like, uh, I think I was about 10 at the time. And my dad was like, oh, I'll set you up a Bebo account. I'm dying to see what all the fuss is about Bebo. And he was Your like, Your well, dad said he'd set you up a Bebo. Yeah, he's going to kill me for saying that. <laughs> like, I don't want your real name going up now, you know? No, like, no exposing the family, but I'll put you up as Leah spot back with you two hours. And I've literally used it for every single thing. And then I was like, actually, this has kind of meaning behind it when I break it down, letter by letter, word by word, as I started to grow into the nutrition field. Mm. So, like hail, H-A-E-L, is like uh, greeting something or welcoming something with positive appraisal. Okay. And then two O's. I was like, you could join them together, they'd be the infinity sign. But rather, I'd approach it as the first O being the whole person, right? So mind, body. Yeah. And then the second O being infinite. And then connect to match nutrition. So welcoming wow. the whole person on an infinite learning journey through nutrition. And it sounds like hello. Hello. <laughs> All very welcoming. <laughs> wow, that really lines up. That's really cool. I really like it when there's like a real deep meaning behind the name. Yeah, I know. I think I'm probably just boofing it. But anyway, it works. <laughs> Sometimes it gets lost on people for sure. Like like I, I call mine Ubuntu, but people never really kind of ask about it anymore. They just think it, it sounded cool, but... It's, it's, it's nice to kind of know yourself that there's something behind it. And it's like wearing a tattoo or something. It's like it, it reminds you every time you log onto the laptop, this is my, uh, you know, these are the tenets or my philosophy or my ethos as a coach, you know? Uh, and no one can take it from you. Like it's something to be yeah. surprising, you know, yeah. and it's just you encapsulated yeah. in that one symbolic, you know, thing, whatever it is. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we were talking a bit um, about what you're doing currently. So will you just, before we dive into some of the topics, Tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into nutrition, and what you currently do on a day-to-day -day basis. Cool. Yeah. So, um, my name's Leah. <laughs> He's like, how do you ever answer that question? Um, I basically got into the whole health and fitness journey. And I like to put it back to the point when I was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of four. Um, I think I spent a lot of my years growing up running from the fact that I had a condition, like a medical condition. It involved me tracking, monitoring um, every single gram of everything I ate and, and taking four to five injections a day. So I almost felt I was um, a robot, you know, that kind of way. You're trying to mechanically program yourself to the point that when you're a kid, you just want to run away from it and kind of enjoy life and forget about it all, go to the parties and eat all the sweets. But it's something I always have to think about. Um, I remember like hula hooping, watching the family in the dinner to try and get my blood sugars down or skipping or jumping on a trampoline or something just to, oh, wow. yeah. So it was all my physical actions trying to like, um, I guess, interact with my health and how being sedentary or, you know, having extra goodies or whatever, I could actually see that physically 
and manifesting in my blood mm. sugar. So it kind of, I guess I never realized how much of an effect that would have on my journey then as I went through into growing up. And I kind of, I, I feel like I got to the point of college and I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? You know, um, I've always played sports, loved sports, loved baking, loved anything creative, anything expressive. Um, so I actually wanted to go to our college and I did my whole portfolio for our college. And I think the first month in our college, I was like, whoa, like it's already, like it's way beyond my levels of creativity. And I thought, okay, so where are the jobs? And went into communication studies, which was like uh, radio, TV and photography. Um, every single day I was in the gym. Yeah, I was studying a media-based course where I should have been out like making podcasts like yourself or <laughs> you know, doing videos and something like that. But I think I, I felt my whole, my values from a very young age were hard to ignore. And I was at my happiest when I was out running or in the gym training or in the kitchen cooking something healthy. Yet yeah. I was doing something that I thought I should do because I was talented in a certain area, but it didn't necessarily line up with my values. Um, so I went through the course anyway, qualified with a degree and got into fashion buying. Like Patrick, you're gonna be like, what the hell? Fashion but buying? Yeah, yeah. What's like, that? So it's basically buying clothes um for like shop or like ah. yeah, I was but they baby. sell then. Yeah, exactly. So I was working in a baby boy section buying in like baby boys' clothes. Um, but I just I was at a very sedentary job again in a situation where it conflicted with my my values i was like i can't be out running around i can't be engaging with people i'm talking to a computer do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, so every morning or every lunchtime or in the evening time i'd be in the gym or i'd be back home cooking something healthy or meal prepping for the next day and to be honest with you i was starting to question where i was going or what i was doing because i wasn't happy because all the times that I was happy is when I wasn't working. And to be honest, you spend so much time in work. You're like, I like to be working at something that I kind of really enjoy, you yeah, know, and it yeah. finds up my values. So I said, okay, I'll go do a personal training degree or a course, like everybody says. I said, I'll start to learn how to actually move my body and move it right, <laughs> do it well, um, and see how, where that might take me. And I started to study precision nutrition along with it. And I fell in love with precision nutrition. I loved the concept around habits, behaviors, and the person, the whole person, and the simplicity of mm. the coaching techniques that they bring with. Um, so I actually started to just take on clients on the side, and um, a very light approach. Um, but I could see how it was working. You know, none of the spines or anything I was delivering, it was more so look, I believe in you. I know you can do this habit. I know you can do this behavior. Where are you at? Where will I meet you at? And how can we get you to the next level in your health journey? So we started, I started with precision nutrition as I was going through the, the personal training. Came out with the personal training course anyway. And she looked, there's tons of jobs in personal training. So I hopped into one of them. And as I was doing it, I was actually coaching the person through their squats, talking about more so what was going on in the background in their life. And their, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm so much into how the kids were and, you know, how how's worry that was your worry last week. Where is that now? And where have we come to next? So I think I, as I was doing the personal training, I said, you know, like, okay, I enjoy the training end of things. It's kind of taken from my end of training. Like I'm not enjoying my own training as much. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the coaching element as opposed to the actual uh, programming element yeah, behind the yeah. 
said, right, I really need to start kind of getting more into the psycho um, end of things, you know, the psychology end of things. And I, I wanted to further my knowledge in the nutrition because I loved that end of it so much as well. So I went on anyway, and I did a life coaching course. Oh, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> it was so by accident. I ended up renting a house with a lovely lady, um, Paula King. And she actually, she owned a life coaching college. And all I ever heard of life coaching was kind of the American stereotype of life coaching. And I was like, oh, this, this like, wishy-washy kind of thing, right? I was like, oh, this is so voodoo. Like I know yeah. oh, this is me, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but her mannerisms and her absolute personality, I was like, there's something behind it because she's a fabulous, fabulous person. Like, and just such a lovely woman to be around. And she was mm. like, I can hear how you talk to your nutrition clients the approach you take with them nothing is prescriptive everything's exploratory you know um very designy so have you ever thought about the life coach and i said look i'll give it a go and i'll see because the only way to know is to do so i i ended up doing the course and i like i loved it absolutely loved it um i loved how not fluffy it was right how actually uh, it really was a backbone to every other element in it, like in my practice in the nutrition end of things in the training end of things and um, how like if you're ignoring those elements in your life and you still won't get the results you should be getting even if you're following the numbers do you know that mm. kind of way yes yes very much exploring strengths skills values beliefs you know um conflict management um goal setting kind of like you know motivational interviewing and all that end of things as well but um i really saw the crossover and how much of it I had missed out on prior to that and where mm-hmm. I was finding blocks in my coaching practice where that was actually shining through in the life coaching skills that I hadn't been implementing you know in other areas right um, yeah so I anyway qualified as a personal leadership and executive life coach and saw how much help was then again kind of ignored when it came to the corporate space you know and not having any kind of um i guess said person that i wanted to, to coach you know i'd know you know specific lines that i wanted to take on um but i seemed to be attracting the same type over and over again and i was like what like I, I, this is so not me it's the exact setting i left i hated the corporate setting you know i hated the sedentary lifestyle yet these are the exact people i was attracting to my coaching wow. practice. um and there was something in that you know um there was something behind the energy uh, that if some people wanted to perform at the highest level, they talk about performance nutrition. They always tend to relate it to the sporting field, but when it comes to performance, it's like the, the most elite athletes are the corporates that are working crazy hours every single week, lack of recovery, you know, changing it's changing economic um, environments and trying to manage teams themselves. Mm. Whereas when it comes to performance nutrition, obviously if you're set recovery periods and that end of things. So I, I guess the, the performance leadership and executive life coaching course was really, really valuable when it came to pairing that with the nutrition. And as you know, I've just graduated from the IOPN, so the Institute of Performance Nutrition in the sports nutrition end of things. Um, and I loved that name. Total Unbelievable. Stuff. But yeah, you're, you're doing that at the moment as well, no? Currently doing it, yeah, slowly. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> But that is literally like a college course. So I did a master's and I actually find this more intensive than the master's. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. mad. 
if you apply uh, yourself and do the whole all all of the recommended reading and i mean i don't do a hundred percent of it it's impossible to but i try to do as much as i can and if you apply yourself it's a yeah. tough course oh my god patrick like the first module of it i was trying to build the business Haley nutrition i was working full-time you know in another job i was trying to do the course i was doing the live coaching course at the same time and i was like right i've definitely taken on too much <laughs> Yeah. I think my meal prep slipped a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're in oh, yeah. so you had to roll with it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was the first module of it. I was like, I contacted my tutor and I was like, I I don't know, but like I, I will do it. I just can't do it right now. Like there's a lot going on. And yeah. he was like, step by step, bit by bit, you know, you'll get there. What makes the most sense to take on first? And that was such a valuable experience because I was like, Okay, somebody just listened to me and they, they literally made it seem doable um, and, and strategized it alongside me. And I was like, if I can do exactly what they just did there with my clients as well, that's going to help a lot as well. <laughs> All these different experiences. But the, the recommended reading, there's a lot of them and there's a lot of reading. And, yeah. you know, like it's science-based reading, so it's heavy. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for sure. Go back to Jeff anyway. It is. Um, just real quick to go back to what you were just saying there. That's that's such a such a good point. So, I called my thing Ubuntu, my practice Ubuntu, right? Yeah. Because that's what it essentially means. It's like it's a togetherness, and what I like to say is like it starts and ends with you, which the word actually does. It's Ubuntu, and yeah, it's pretty cool. Like and. Uh, what I like to think of is when you approach a client and you tell them, okay, what do you like doing? I like snacks. Okay. So, and I sat down with a bunch of footballers last year. I always talk about this. I told them we can work in a snack, a really nice snack, like a little chocolate bar, whatever, every single day, if that's what you want, if that helps you to adhere. Yeah. And they're like, okay, he heard me. He's yeah. actually going to put something in that I like. It's not about him telling me what I have to do. And it's yeah. just, it's the key, like, you know what I mean? The, the difference in adherence and like buy-in that you see from people when you give them that is amazing. Oh, it's that, that trust um, yes. and the feeling of being heard, that listening element. Like, how often do we actually really listen? And at what level are we listening? Is it, are you listening to what you think you should be telling them? Are you listening directly to what they're saying back to you? Or are you globally listening to what's not being said? You know? And trying wow. to read the lines there. And um, yeah. that global level is the I hear you're saying yes, but I'm also hearing the doubts you're having, you know, the challenges you're forecasting, and the resistance against change and that fear of change and mm. the clutch to what you think perfection is, and your confidence in your ability to reach that. And all those little elements that aren't actually put out on paper or are brought into the nutrition plan are things that trip you up then as it goes on. Mm. And the lack of wanting to continue then creeps in. It's, it's such an intricate thing, but the power of listening and really listening can't be like, it, you can't take that out of a coaching relationship and a really good coaching relationship that gets yes. the result. Wow. wow i'm learning stuff here this is great <laughs> <laughs> and i just life i didn't think you realize 
<laughs> I absolutely love that area. I just, it's like you say, I have such a, I don't know, when I think of life coaching, I'm like, oh, it's these pyramid schemes of people trying to get you into these courses, these yeah. life coaching courses. But there are so many great programs, I'm sure, that are actually like oh. rooted in actual like philosophies and theories, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, uh, I think as well with life coaching, you learn so many tools in it, mm. but you could do one full coaching session that brings the biggest results and you haven't used one single one of those tools. This is what I was going to yeah. go to. I was going to say this. So you, you said this earlier off air that like you kind of, you don't really even have to dip into the science, right? And people will be like, and to be honest, Leo, I'm the exact same, yeah. right? I'll, I'll be in a meeting with someone they're like, okay, we'll be going to calories. I'm like, eh, let's wait. Yeah. Let's wait. Let's just focus on these food first approaches. You know, what's your relationship with food like? And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not feeling like a complete idiot here. I understand yeah. everything they're saying. <laughs> and like for most people, that's going to give them most of the progress. The numbers will come in if they're trying to get 10% improvement way down the line. Yeah. Yeah. We, try, we really like, I think when it comes to changing your nutrition, everybody tries to overcomplicate it. Like every single person. And I think there's some sort of sense or confidence in that if I overcomplicate it, that's going to bring me all those complicated results that seem so far off and so complicated that I can't do it on my own. Yeah. Whereas if you do the simple things and do them really, really well, it brings the most bang for your book. And it's mm -hmm. simple to the point of stupid simple. You know that kind of way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think as well, people come into coaching relationships and expect it to be complicated. You know, ask for it to be complicated and you bring them something really simple and they're like, wait, wait, what? Like, that's going to get me the results. I'm paying you for this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, all that? Yeah. But it's, it's not about, like, it's not about the complicatedness that you bring to it. That's not what you're paying for. You're paying for the results, right? So the yes. simpler they are, amazing, you know? That's <laughs> a really good thing for people to understand, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's the, the team thing behind it as well, you know? And um, when you feel like you've got that support, that accountability, and that, that trust and partnership in it as well, there's something massive behind that. You know, mm. you did that run at Christmas and the, the marathon. Yeah. There is a sense that when you feel like there's people in it with you, it just makes it that little bit easier. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 And you ran as well, right? I did like my half marathon on the treadmill. You did a half marathon <laughs> like, on the treadmill. I would say a half marathon on a treadmill is twice as hard as a marathon normally because I wouldn't be able to be on a treadmill for more than half an hour never mind whatever you were on it for that the half marathon you know what i stuck on a really good um music tour and i watched the whole music tour so i got a bit of music and i got a bit of film in it <laughs> <laughs> love it absolutely love it um so that's it's a it's such a good area we could talk about for ages about when people sign up to for coaching right they expect this kind of like complicated a lot of times, but also what I find, and I was guilty of this in my first few years is like, it's like an imposter syndrome you have, right? Where I have to do all these complicated graphs and these tables and look at their progress and ask them about body fat and look at their mineral and vitamin supplementation and all this. And it's like, no, you don't. Okay, absolutely. Be confident in what you know. If you get asked questions on that, be able to address them, but nobody cares. You end up overcomplicating it alienating the person mm -hmm. and not achieving anything oh yeah absolutely and it becomes this kind of you're both talking two different languages mm -hmm. and it's like okay well this is what i understand and just 
again, when somebody says something to you, no need to have to repeat it back to them and say, just so that we're on the same page and we're on the same level of communication here. Is this what you're saying and is this what you mean? You know, because if you're both talking the same thing in, in words wise, but meaning different things. Yes. That, that communication is going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. that constant, uh, you know, re, reaffirming of what you're actually talking about. That's a precision like, nutrition one, isn't it? Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> or is that from your life coach? And I remember them talking about that. And I used to have to do that. I was like, are you saying this? And they're like, no, 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 no. And I was like, wow, it actually works. So many times. Yeah. Like so many times, even at home and in, in, like in the family place, I'm like, did you actually, do you actually understand what I'm trying to say? Like, <laughs> like I said, yeah. no, please. I said, no, please, not me. Like, no. <laughs> and even at that level, we get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely that's yeah that's just down to that communication and one thing i found actually funnily enough about americans yeah a lot of times they'll reaffirm or they'll just like you say they'll be like so hold on a second patrick are you saying and i'm like why are they we don't need you don't need to double check this like what are you why are you talking so much but yeah it's proper communication they want to make sure you mean exactly what you said what you say i love it i love it yeah. irish definitely don't do that enough no like, no exactly but we yeah. don't communicate the first time. We just use facial expressions or sarcasm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And use all these little slang terms and everyone's going, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Okay. So I have a really interesting question for you. I've asked pretty much anyone who's come on in recent months uh, about, you know, how your clients are faring with COVID mm -hmm. and lockdowns and being in close proximity in the home, being bored, tired. But I think that you could give a really unique insight because you're coming from also the lifestyle and life coaching perspective. So like, how do you kind of adapt your approach to account for that? Yeah, um, COVID, like, you know, I thought that was going to be challenging when it came to coaching, but it's actually totally changed my way of coaching as well. And um, we've talked about scales and using the scales as a form of measurement. And you come in every month and you get your measurement taken or whatever your consultation done. But now, because we don't have that and everybody's measuring on different scales, the last like 12, like 12 months, I'd say, we've had the opening and closings of gyms here. So we've had like three months of in-person weigh-ins. And then those three months where we're back out and locked down and we're not doing those in-person consultations, a lot of my coaching has been, okay, we're not stepping on the scales for three months. And now we're going to work from a place of valued self-identity. So we're going to start working on your skills. We're going to start working on your strengths. We're going to start working on your visions, your goals, your beliefs, and working on areas like actually starting to use those listening skills so that you can actually really tune into your body and mm. um, what does it need, you know, at certain times and how your lifestyle has changed and how you change your diet to suit that. So um, say, like you say, being in the house a bit more, people have been really surprised at how much their overall daily step count, like count has totally decreased. Um, you know, and they might, might not have felt like they were walking all that much before, but then they're looking at their Fitbits or their watches and they're going, wow, like, Jesus, I definitely did a lot more non-conscious steps during my day, my average day. Mm. So even at that and the stress levels rising in the house and lack of sleep, sleep schedules being messed up, getting up yeah. a bit later on a Monday morning and going to bed a bit later on a Sunday evening. I think the Super Bowl was on last night, so I don't know how old I had to this morning, but... Um, <laughs> All those things, like all those things have really impacted on people's results uh, when it comes to the numbers and of nutrition. Um, so in this sense, 
we worked a lot on uh, values, right? And the reason we've been working on values is because people have been in environments that were so busy before that they didn't have time to think about their own values, but rather the values of everyone else around them and lack of attention to themselves. Uh, yeah. Where now they're in the house, they're at home, they're in their own, um, you know, quiet environment with their own family, Not maybe not quiet so much, but they're with the people that mean the most to them. And I think their values are starting to shine a lot more as well. And it's times like this that, like I was saying, I've, I've never been so busy. People realizing that, okay, I actually want to improve my health for longevity purposes to be there for my kids when I get, you know, a little bit older, my knees stop hurting maybe, or maybe my digestion. I've been ignoring it a bit over the last few months. And in work, maybe I've been feeling a bit bloated and then I'm home. I'm realizing that, okay, this is something I have time to work on now because I am at home. And um, all those areas kind of start to creep up the health end of nutrition as opposed to the numbers or performance end of nutrition and um, performance in sport. Like, uh, so those kind of things have crept in a bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more about. And that kind of comes into the all around approach as well, the less number specific. So when you look at athletes or people trying to lose a certain amount of weight and actually I have a very specific question about that in a minute, yeah. it becomes just about the like, the numbers right and there's so many other additional aspects of like that nutrition can give you do you know what i mean i always talk about like skin you know yeah. skin digestion mood you know there's a huge link between mood i just wrote an article about the connection between uh, sleep and nutrition oh, yeah. everything like there's so many different benefits that are just so overlooked and it's all about are you underweight at your healthy weight or overweight like, oh yeah yeah absolutely like like so many more elements to the picture that impact on the numbers yeah maybe the weight at the end of the day but a lot of people do come they come they show up and they go okay i just want to lose weight yeah. and you're like really like <laughs> are you sure because if it was that simple we just have a magic pill by now that you could just pop and that'd be grand yes. which about the weight and if it was just calories in versus calories out like you wouldn't be you wouldn't be sitting here with me like we wouldn't be going through, through this it's all about relationships and your relationships else you know um you're so right like skin um focus mood energy all those different elements and um, yeah. yeah yeah but the, the the thing as well i like to remind people of is like if you and actually you have this one of your posts that i read last night <laughs> if you take the pressure off and i actually put this in one of mine as well recently it's like if you stop focusing just on the weight yeah. You take, or sorry, if you stop putting um, so much purpose on whether your weight changes, you'll have like a deeper purpose yeah. to improve your diet. You know what I mean? If it's just weight related or like uh, your motivation is just to change your weight, you're going to adopt maladaptive behaviors. It's all going to be based on numbers. It's like you have no deeper motivation. You mentioned a great one, being around for your kids. That's a huge one. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like... There's no motivation like not dying, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, things yeah. like that, like not to put it harshly, but I think that that's a great kind of reminder to give people is like if you take the pressure off losing weight, it'll just, you'll be able to adhere so much better. Oh, well, that is yeah, like yeah, spot on, like spot on. It's, you know, like this scales and this number, like it's a number that has such a hold over so many people and your valued self-worth is based off this number and it's not telling you all the other things that are going on and 
when it comes to being overweight and having that extra weight on, we all have a natural weight set point. Mm. What happens above that is actually going against physiology, you know, and it, it totally gets, um, it, it's all fueled by the mind and the beliefs that we're telling ourselves. What we like the thoughts and the beliefs that come up in our brain, you know, they, they arise, they enter the limbic system, the limbic system controls all your hormones, sends it out to the HBA axis. The HBA axis then signals all your hormones to react in a certain way, upregulate your stress levels, upregulate your cortisol, maybe pump out some of the glycogen or glucose out of your liver, you know, and then up, like regulate your, your blood sugars. I know myself from monitoring my blood sugars, how much, like I could eat a good diet and exercise well, but if I'm stressed, my blood sugar management is all over the shop. Now I know that's extreme. Yeah. I'm type diabetic, but it just shows how your mindset impacts on a hormonal level. So definitely when it comes to the, the scales, it's too simple to, to put your value or place your value on just that number, as opposed to looking at all the other areas that you have control over, you know, and controlling those controllables. And um, like, like you say, if you're, you're stressed, work on that and don't step on the scales until you have that under control. Yeah. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'll give a little personal example. So basic, and you'll probably know all about this yourself that, you know, you're, when you're doing your own business or doing your own thing, you're never off. You have a hundred things you could do at any point in time. You could be like, there's 10, there's at least 10 things I could do right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're kind of yeah. like constant, constantly in this low grade stress, but sometimes I'll really take that on and I'll be going to bed like activated, but like digestion, I feel terrible and I'm eating, I'm eating great. You know what I mean? I'm a nutritionist. I, I hope I would hope to be eating great, but it just, just exactly like you say, you could be eating perfectly. And if you're, if you're, if your stress levels aren't being managed, yeah. it's only a drop in the bucket, you know? So yeah, it's just very mm-hmm. important. It's a great point. Like cortisol itself, like that, you know, that thing where you get so nervous or so anxious or so stressed that you get dry mouth and your saliva, drops the amount of saliva you're producing, which produces a digestive enzyme amylase. First place, you're gonna start breaking down your starch, you know? And if that's reduced, you're reducing the amount of nutrients that you can actually absorb from mm. your food, right? And then the cortisol as well will get your stomach to start producing more acid. So people start to get acid reflux or get bloating. And they're still, again, not digesting and absorbing the nutrients to the level that they should be if they weren't stressed. So yeah. the actual psychological state that they're in and then the hormonal consequences that follow all determine actual nutrition and nourishment that you're going to be getting from your diet. But often ignored. Yeah, <laughs> often know? ignored, yeah. It's all about often. the numbers, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Another thing I like to also mention when you talk about set points, right? Yeah. You can be... You can be BMI wise, you can be overweight, you can be technically overweight and you can be the metabolically healthiest individual. And then you can also, so you can also be very, very underweight or healthy weight and you can have, you know, very high cholesterol. You can have 30% body fat. Yeah. You can have 30% body fat when your BMI wise is right in the healthy range. Yeah. So like I always, I always use this example when, uh, when I was in sports science, we all had to do one of our modules. We had to do a DEXA scan. And then we got our skin folds done and we did BIA and we had to like compare them. And I just never forget that I came out and I can't remember what I got, but the skinniest kid in class got his BMI done or his uh, DEXA done. And he was like 28, 29% body fat. And we we're like, what? How? Because it, it, you know, 
BMI is one thing, weight is one thing. And it's like the composition of that is a whole different thing. So you need oh, to look beyond that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know yourself, you can get the results. DEXA is the gold standard, like the best form of body composition measurement you can possibly get. But it can be done so wrong. And yeah. even reading research studies, how valid are the results out of those research studies? When the actual um, monitoring of the DEXA scanner or, or measurements themselves haven't been really done correctly, yeah. it's given such a false representation. You know yourself, somebody's had a high sodium meal before they go in for their weigh-in, or they drank a load of water before they go in for their you know, in-body scan. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, oh, my muscle mass is through the roof. And yeah. then the next week they come in dehydrated and they're like, maybe not as mostly as I thought, you know, yeah. it's, different yeah. it's just, it's, um, I don't know, like even my fitness pal and all these apps for tracking intake and stuff. Yeah, they can be valuable, but accurate, not really, you know, yeah. it's a good way of building awareness, but accuracy is a different thing to awareness, I would say. And I think it's more valuable to build on awareness as opposed to accuracy as such, because we're really we're really guessing the science is still so new in all these different areas and they're still developing so yes yeah. that's uh that's my next question so when you say practicing mindfulness around the use of scales yeah. as a progress monitor or some people just they're never following a diet and they just get up like my mom for example sometimes she'll just stand on the scales and i'm like why are you doing that are you just trying to like you're not doing anything you're not following any diet you're just you're just making yourself sad <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And she, and she comes up and she's like, oh God, I gained a pound. And I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> so what, what's, would you just tell me a bit about like what is practicing mindfulness around the scales? What does that entail? Yeah, like, like, we, like we've just been talking about, it's, it's such a, a flaky representation of, I guess, um, of your, your weight, like your number, if it's done correctly. But what is the point in weighing your weight when you should be weighing the actual accuracy of your habits, your behaviors, your mindset, your ability to kind of adapt in different situations, your relationships with your food, your practices around eating. We go to step on the scales and all of a sudden, we've been doing everything amazing all week, but the number just isn't good enough for us. Like we're totally weighing up all our efforts based off this one single number, even mm -hmm. though you may have done all those efforts perfectly well for the full week, it's just we haven't given ourselves the chance or the time to see the real result come through, or like you say, the differences in our composition of that weight. Um, sometimes you see people start training and their weight goes up. You know, they freak like, out. Okay, we're like, that's it, I'm never training again. Yeah. Even though like they're starting to actually make moves on getting healthy. Yeah. But because that number has changed, they've put themselves back into that state of, oh God, you know, what if, you know, um, it's just and you haven't seen the changes in your your hormonal status or you know your blood your blood measurements your lipids whatever so when it comes to actual mindfulness around the scales it's like okay well what can i actually learn from this and realistically what can i learn from it like you know um what is the message i can take away from it how does it inform the direction i go does it just stop you in your tracks or do you maybe look at other other ways you could maybe adapt the plan or be creative i think it's really important to iterate you know and to be designed you know design minded around whatever steps you're taking and when you step on the scales, it's just a point in time, you know, of your weight, but it's not the actual forecasting of the end result unless yes. you are, you know, unless you're willing to adapt and change and play around with the plan. 
I think it's probably, do you know what? I'll be 100% honest with you. It's something I struggled with, you know, throughout my teens, especially with the diabetes and weighing food and mm. weighing and tracking and everything. I became very fixated on numbers. I also love maths. So I was like everything in the one. But I like, I think when it came to then weight, it controlled me for so long. And as soon as I stopped weighing myself, you know, when I didn't actually, I wasn't competing for any weight category. I wasn't performing in any sport where I had to hit a certain weight. It was all just based on a point of me trying to value myself worth, you know? Yes. And I think the only way to recover from that and to get away from that was actually hide the scales. Like just completely get rid of the scales because it wasn't helping me. It was just hindering me, you yeah. know, and it was controlling me, this external factor. And I think, especially now with COVID, we, we've stepped away from being, you know, in situations where there's external influences on our decisions on a day-to-day -day basis because we're not surrounded by meetings or, you know, we're not in a corporate setting where we've other people having birthdays every single day and bringing food in, us trying to control our willpower and all that crap. We're at home and we're making our choices for us. And I think when it comes to the scales, are you happy to be controlled by something that can be so inaccurate? You know, all your choices, all your values, all your beliefs to be controlled by one mechanical object. Yeah. It's like a car, let's say a, like a BMW, right? Brand new 2021 BMW goes in for a car wash, right? And it goes through the car wash and the car wash is broken, right? So it, it didn't get cleaned, comes out the other end, still the same car, just not that clean. Has the worth changed? No, it just didn't get a proper clean. It's totally inaccurate. Oh, that's yeah, I like that. Value, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's, Sorry, that's really good take on it. That's like wooey, but like, no, in I, I love analogies. That's such a good one. That's such a good one. I, I always found there was a problem when I would be working with people and some of them would be in like Slimming World and yeah. the dreaded Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday, they always got weighed in. Mm. So we would, we would be doing so well all these habits in every night they'd be checking in you know i made sure i got some fiber in, in my snacks i had some uh, i made sure i had a good source of protein at each of my meals i ate all my meals you know i didn't skip and then wednesday would come and they were at the same weight or they were like 0.2 above their old weight and then everything they've been doing becomes invalidated because it didn't lead to successful weight loss and i'm like but they were great habits yeah yeah but we need to do something else or ramp it up i'm like okay yeah. well and yeah. that's when it becomes so damaging. Oh, know? so damaging. Absolutely. And it's like, how boring is life going to be when we hit that number, right? We have no idea how we got there. But yeah. we hit that number. We've learned nothing in the process because all we were so focused on was that number. Tunnel vision, total lack of awareness, all the other things going on. And then when we hit that number, that's when fear hits. Because we're like, I have no idea how to sustain this. Because I have no idea how I got here yeah that's where the real anxiety kicks in and is that something you want to live your life you know by that fear of me changing because god knows you're going to change you know mm. age environment metabolic status you know muscle mass decreases as we get older all these things are going to change you know our hormones are going to change the kids are going to grow up we might move house we might change job all these changes are still going to happen but if we're that number we're absolutely fine so unrealistic you know um and it's so funny you bring in the weight the weight watches thing and that it's you know everything can be so good but the number hasn't changed realistically it's one out of ten thousand things that have gone well do you know yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say that's part one. Right. Do you still have time? Oh, loads time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause I think it's been like 35 minutes and that will be part one and mm -hmm. we can talk. Yeah. I can call it something else, but I have a few more questions. It'll only be like 20, 30 minutes more. I just think people listen when it's like yeah. a focused episode, focused yeah. episode. And yeah, we'll have part definitely. one and part two with Leah. Amazing, because I, I can go on and on and on, so you're probably better off. No, I love it. So, so like, if you look through my last podcast, most of them are two-parters, because I, yeah. I, I just love going on. And, yeah, I love when you go into a rabbit hole and you actually naturally come upon things, instead of yeah. being like, oh, I have another question that I emailed. Do you remember? <laughs> question but, two. <laughs> but Brilliant. you know what's so funny? You keep bringing in the next question when you're oh, talking sorry. about... No, it's great. I'm like, did you rehearse or something? So sorry about that. We had to cut that off because we didn't really pause for even a single second for me to edit it. But yeah, so that's part one. Part two is significantly shorter. It's 25 minutes. So we just hit on some focus questions that we hadn't gotten to yet. And also very interesting. So make sure you stay tuned. If this is where we leave you, well, come on. Get into that second episode but you might not be able to today if this is where we leave you just scroll down and check out some of the links that leah has tagged for you guys really really cool stuff especially for some budding or aspiring coaches also quickly want to plug one thing research bites is the platform that i have co-founded along with my colleague and good friend evan lynch who is a sports nutritionist highly qualified highly decorated highly decorated he is. I just like how that sounds. Anyway, um, Research Bytes is a platform where we break down complex research studies into fun bite-sized articles, two to three pages, written really, really simply. And if we're trying to deliver the nutrition research to your fingertips, okay? We also have a Facebook group that is completely free where Evan and myself post on the regular tidbits little tiny research bites themselves and I, I i like to post a bunch of resources for athletes coaches students that you can use to either get your business off the ground um you know optimize your own diet or performance strategy for you know performance on the pitch or in the court or on the track it's just so much value and it's for free. And oh, sorry, we also do a live Q&A, Evan or myself, once a week where you guys can ask us any questions. And Les, that's something that, you know, a lot of people pay for where you're working with a nutritionist and that's where you ask them all your questions. It's almost like a consultation. We'll be in that live Q&A answering your questions in real time. So that's called Research Bites. It's a closed group on Facebook. If you just uh, request membership, you just answer three questions very simple and we approve you okay and looking forward to seeing you guys in there if you're already in there invite some friends let's get it going anyway i hope you guys have a great day listen to part two if you have time if not have a fantastic friday and weekend